You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Saturday, excuse me, Saturday, October the 24th. This is serving as Friday's episode. Had some uh, some delays in getting out yesterday's episode, so I'm recording one Friday. I apologize for the delay. I worked at the radio station last night. I was hoping to get back at a decent enough hour to record, but got back way too late and had to pack for traveling this morning, and it just didn't work out, so... Uh, I do apologize for that, but I do want to get you guys my thoughts on the World Series game yesterday, which I was able to to watch mo- uh, most of. Um, but yeah, so working on radio stations Friday nights, so Fridays, um, bit tough for me sometimes to to get content out. And I, you know, to be honest, I probably should have just released an episode beforehand, but I did want to fill up uh, content with the World Series. So we will start with that. Uh, actually, you no, know, we're going to start with with with, with Cardinal news because we will. Um, We'll start with the Cardinal news, and we'll start with Yadier Molina uh, being snubbed out of the, or at least in his opinion, being snubbed out of the Gold Glove contention. The Gold Glove finalists were announced last week. I think it was Thursday. Uh, Thursday, maybe Friday, was was announced this week. And uh, Yadier Molina was, was one of the few Cardinal, one of the few uh, the favorites that was left off, you know, Kevin Kiermaier in the American League also got left off, but Yadier Molina was one that came to mind especially. He got left out of the finalist. He was not a finalist. Three uh, National League catchers were Tucker Barnhart, Wilson, Contreras, and Jacob Stallings, all, all were the adversaries of a gold glove, not trying to say anything different. Um, but Yadier Molina, the reason I bring him up is because he had some things to say. Uh, his Instagram posts... Um, Two days ago, said, respect to all the finalists in the 2020 National League uh, receptor. This is uh, quoting him now. I see an injustice to those who decide or who decide who or not. I don't know if it's MLB or whoever, but it's clearly that they don't want this. Uh, I apologize. I don't know the Spanish word uh, to, to, to draw to the great Johnny Bench, basically saying they don't want a Hispanic tying Johnny Bench's record. It's I'm judged by not up. Supporting the league and anything and not being their puppet. For me, at 38 years old, I'm still the best. Ask every catcher in the MLB, and they will tell you. So that's uh, that, that's some some heavy comments there from Molina. He got kind of uh, roasted on this, saying that he was kind of being a crybaby and that he he was entitled to these things. And you know, I think that that, that that's true. I think he probably went a little bit overboard. In so I mean, in, in 2020, he he did have a down defensive year for him and I don't think he was worthy of, of the gold glove this this year and that, that doesn't mean he's a bad catcher that doesn't even mean he, he's a he's a he's a poor catcher he, he's still a, a fantastic catcher I still want him on my team 100% and he still means I think he means more to his team than Barnhart Contreras or Stallings do in terms of an intangible factor I mean I've talked about that relentlessly on this show that Yadier Molina his meaning to this team goes beyond the stats and I think that that kind of and I've had a conversation with Fairmont a couple times of how uh, us Cardinal fans can kind of elevate Yadier Molina's importance. And I think that, that we do that sometimes as we, we kind of look at him in awe and not really look at him for the stats. And I think that this is one of those times. Defensively, he took a step back and he wasn't a finalist. 
and he kind of, he kind of lost it. He kind of went overboard in, in saying that he should have been a finalist and made some accusations, whether they're, they're true or not. I'll leave that up for you to decide. I think um, that all of this comes from frustration and you know wanting that recognition and wanting to be a Gold Glove winner because he is a fantastic defensive catcher even this year. But I just I I wasn't you know overly upset with the fact that he did not get a gold glove. It it was a bit of a shock to me that the Cardinals overall went from six finalists last year to three. I, and I think that even though they went from six to three, they have a better chance of winning multiple this year when you look at Tyler O'Neill and Colton Wong because to transition now into the, the three finalists that, did, that were named finalists for the award, the wonderful award of the gold glove. You, know, you have Colton Wong looking for his first, excuse me, looking for his second, O'Neill looking for his first, and Goldschmidt looking for his fourth. As we take a look at uh, some, some numbers here, we'll start with Tyler O'Neill. 344 innings in left field, 89 putouts, that second among left fielders. And I wouldn't have guessed this, but he had, he had zero errors. That, that's a, I feel like with a guy like Tyler O'Neill especially, we focus so much on his uh, offense or, or lack thereof, and I think that, that that's warranted. I think... Uh, when you look at his numbers, I think he had like 176 this year. I got his defense numbers pulled up right now. Uh, but I just think that the, the focus always goes to, to his offense. And not really that Tyler O'Neill is an athlete. He, he, he can run, he can throw, he can field. It's just, and when he, when he hits the ball and he makes contact, he, it tends to go well for him. It's just making contact for him has been a struggle. And I think that, you know, that, that does not mean he's a bad baseball player. I just think he's a bad hitter. And that is what it is at, at this point. I think, He's got room to improve, and we'll see if he uh, gets a little bit more unleashed from the Cardinals to improve. But defensively, he was very good. He he led all qualified left fielders uh, in range factor, 2.33, kind of judging your range factor. And then when the Cardinals had two, follow, uh, two finalists on the infield, Colton Wong looking for his second straight, 59 putouts, which was ninth among second basemen, 129 assists, which was third among second basemen, uh, just two errors, tied fifth among second basemen. Turned 29 double plays. That was fourth among all second basemen. He was incredible. Paul Goldschmidt, 383 putouts. Now seventh among first basemen. 27 assists. Tenth among first basemen. Just the one air, which is tied for the first. And he turned 41 double plays, which is third among first basemen. So he was absolutely incredible. As we look at a little bit more of the uh, the, the Saber metrics behind it, uh, a little, little bit more detail. Goldschmidt had a 998 fielding percentage, one defensive run saved, and 4.1 UZR over 50. Over 150, uh, one defensive run saved is huge. Colton Wong had six defensive runs saved. That led all qualified second basemen. Uh, two outs above the average in 397 innings. And O'Neill had nine defensive runs saved, which led all left fielders in Major League Baseball, as well as four outs above average. And uh, 4% success rate uh, added to his catches, uh, which means he, he made his success rate was 4% higher than the average. And that also led among all qualified left fielders in Major League Baseball. And so I think when you're looking at who's going to win the gold glove this year for, for St. Louis and who's going to get that, I really think that they're going to get two. I think O'Neill and, and Wong are are locks, and I think that Goldschmidt's going to have to, to fight for a little bit. But I think that there's a there's a decent chance that the Cardinals get all three. I think it, it's more likely that they, that, they, uh, that they get left field for one. I think that O'Neill's kind of a bank. The other left field finalists uh, in the – Left in the National League were Shogo Akiyama for the Reds and David Peralta for the Diamondbacks. The other uh, contenders for first base were Brandon Belt of the Giants and Rizzo of the Cubs. And the other 
second baseman were Adam Frazier and Nico Horner. So uh, NL Central well represented in here. But I, I think Colton Wong, uh, I, I think he'll get his second, and I think the Cardinals have a decent chance to get all three. But again, I think that uh, O'Neill is really the only lock. Uh, so Cardinals have a chance to bring home some hardware. And again, among all the talk for the, for the bad defense and, and everything that goes on with that, they might get some hardware for their defense. So that is... That that's good, and I think that 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 that's a plus. I really do. I think that we don't we shouldn't overlook the fact that they're getting gold gloves because a gold glove is a very 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 meaningful award. So with that, I will now move on to the World Series Game Three recap and Game Four preview coming up in just a moment. But first, I do want to tell you about the incredible, amazing, new and improved Built Bar. Sixteen amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Uh, they have six brand new ones coming out that have come out recently. My favorite one is Cookies and Cream. My favorite from the 12 original Coconut Almond uh, Banana Bread Mint Brownie Double Chocolate and Orange. They're soft, easy to chew. Every single one of these is covered in chocolate 100%. But just because they're covered in chocolate does not mean they aren't healthy. They're great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. I'm not on a diet, but it still helps me maintain and maintain my weight. You can get a free cooler with a purchase right now while supplies last. You can also go to BuiltBar.com for that chance of a free cooler and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a guaranteed 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Game three of the World Series was last night. I have a special guest that uh, I'll talk to on Monday. That will probably the show will be released on Tuesday. Uh, Mark Saxon of the Athletic covers the Cardinals for the Athletic. Uh, I will talk with him about the Cardinal offseason and the Cardinal regular season and postseason and basically anything and everything Cardinals. Mark and I will talk about. So we'll be sure to let you guys know, remind you guys of that tomorrow uh, for for Sunday to get your questions in because I will have a fan interaction there as well. So. Um, so yeah, I think that's super exciting. Talk to him. It'll probably be released on Tuesday, uh, but that is super exciting. So be on the lookout for that. But the World Series could be over by Tuesday if the Dodgers win the next two games because they won last night by the final score of six to two. And of course, the Rays got their only runs by who? Randy Arozarena had one home run in the ninth inning. It was a a solo blast, and he uh, he uh, bro- broke a couple records with that home run. He sets the rookie. Or sets the record for eight home runs and 23 hits. That's a lot of playoff history there. Um, he he broke former Cardinal David Fries' record of 50 total bases. He's now got 52 in the play in the playoffs. Uh, Fries had 50 back in 2011, and uh, eight home runs in one postseason is absolutely remarkable. Again, I, I've said it before. Do I think that the Cardinals could have predicted that a Rosarino was going to hit like this? No, absolutely not. But that said, I still think that they, they could have seen this talent coming. And the thread that I shared a couple weeks ago of the stats from the minor leagues from Rosarena and Bader, I think that it was close. Sure, maybe that's up for debate, but I just think Rosarena was the wrong outfielder to trade. And again, once again, I get it that this is just one postseason. But at the same time, I think Rosarena is going to end up being a better player than Harrison Bader. And I, Randy Rosarena has, has hit at pretty much at every level he's been at from college 
or excuse me, not from college, from the Mexican League when he defected from Cuba to minor league system in St. Louis, to St. Louis when he was here, and now obviously to, to, to Tampa Bay in limited time in the regular season and in the postseason. But that was not enough, and he was not the story in Game 1, or excuse me, Game 3, the story was Mr. Walker Bueller, and I believe it was Bob Mightgill who pointed this out. Pointed this out that the Bueller was drafted 24th overall in his draft year. I think it was 2015. Cardinals had the 23rd pick that year. And again, the, the, the Major League Baseball draft is all sorts of crazy, and, and a lot of it it's just a crapshoot. But still, food for thought that the Cardinals were one pick shy of drafting Mr. Walker. Bueller. So he shined last night, punching out 10 Tampa Bay Rays, six innings, three hits, uh, just the one earned run. He walked one and got his first World Series win. Charlie Morton, big game Charlie, as I, I call him and nobody else calls him, pitched a four and a third innings, gave up five earned, walked one, struck out six, gave up home runs to Justin Turner. Gave up a home run to Justin Turner. Austin Barnes also hit a home run in the sixth inning. Because uh, beyond Morton, Curtis gave up a run, but then Sheriff Thompson and McCallaghan all pitched scoreless innings after that, and I think it's going to be a bullpen game tonight as well in Game 4, but this was a big win for the Dodgers. I think that this was going to be a turning point for whoever won, not just because it was a tie series at 1-1 and it's now a five-game series, but because of who were on the mound for each of these teams. Bueller and Morton really, you know, Kershaw obviously is incredible for the Dodgers, but two of the better all-around talents right now in 2020 for both of these teams and it was going to be a turning point, and the Dodgers took advantage of that. Mookie Betts continues to freaking impress. Two for five uh, yesterday with, with, with two stolen bases. I mean, that that's incredible. He, he's probably going to be the MVP, could be the MVP. Justin Turner had another good game, two for five with a home run. Muncie uh, also had two hits, and this Dodger lineup is deep. Even when you have a guy, you know, when you have Taylor Peterson go one for seven, you have guys like Muncie step up. Will Smith was 0 for 4, but Turner, Seeger, and Betts all had a bunch of hits. Bellinger even had a hit. So this lineup is deep. It's incredible. And the series really shifts now in Game 4, which will be played tonight at 7 o'clock. Um, bullpen game, Ryan Yarbrough gets the first pitch for Tampa Bay. And Julio Urias uh, gets the ball uh, for the Dodgers. And if I'm L.A., I'm feeling really good with who I've got on the mound. He's 4-0 this postseason with a .56 ERA. Uh, six, 16 punch-outs. Uh, excuse me, that, 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 that's his... Yeah, 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 okay, that, that's his... That, that's the postseason 4-0 with a .56 in four games, one start for his career. I was getting those mixed up in my head a little bit. 2-8-4 ERA in the postseason. But .56 ERA for Orleans. Uh, pitched really, really well overall this postseason, obviously, with the ERA under under one. And this this is a huge, huge game. You don't want to go down 3-1. to one. Obviously, although right now the 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 lead of three to one seems to not be safe, but I I know playoff Kershaw exists, but I would not want to go up against 2020 playoff Kershaw in Game Five down three one, and Tyler Glass now has not really impressed uh, for, for the Tampa Bay Rays, and I wouldn't I wouldn't trust him in a Game Five situation. If uh, I would not trust him in an elimination situation uh, at all, if I were the Rays, uh, I think. That also a little harsh, but I, I wouldn't trust him. I would not want to go down 3-1 with, with 2020 playoff Kershaw, which has been pretty good for the most part coming up at the mound. So this is a crucial, crucial game. And I really think that because of Julio Urias' success, and this is nothing to, to shy away from from Tampa Bay and how good their offense is and how, you know, this is obviously baseball is a funky game. It can happen on any given night. But I really think that Julio Urias brings something really fun to the table. And I think that he pitches well enough. And I my prediction is that the Dodgers win tonight. 
And I think the, the Dodgers win tonight, and that sets up really, really well for a Game 5 winner tomorrow. So, again, my apologies for the, the late release. Be sure to tune in on Monday when I recap the last couple games of the World Series, and then be sure to tune in on Tuesday when Mark Saxon of The Athletic joins the show. So that's all I got for today's show. Thanks for listening. If you listened late, I always appreciate it. You guys are dedicated if you are listening to this show, uh, and I, I really appreciate listening, listening to some weekend content. And again, my apologies. This will not be happening going forward. That's all I got. Stay safe. Stay well. Have a great day. We'll